Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. We've just completed our Into the Darkness series, and I want to go back and, and just remind you of this, because we're not supposed to, even though we've left a series, we're not supposed to leave what we just learned from it. See, our focus was to elevate the Word in every, in every respect and in every aspect. On Sunday, we had a serious kind of celebration with Mother's oh, Day. Yeah. Can somebody say amen? amen? We know that our ladies have been uh, divinely uh, built. Built? To achieve their destinies as easers and being mothers of all the living. See, we also celebrated a baby dedication. What a glorious time for us as a church to see God's words and His promises confirmed with our very own eyes. It's an incredible time for us. We also were challenged to commit to continue with confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence. See, it's easier to talk about being confident than it is to actually be confident. Anybody need to be reminded of the word from Sunday that you need to walk in confidence? Yeah, amen. This is what we're going to help you to do tonight as we continue on and give you something special that the Lord gave us. Church, are you confident? Well, guess what? As your pastors, we are confident and also very aware that the enemy is trying to create division within our friendships. Trying to derail the path of discipleship and growth that we are on and discourage so many within this body from that process. It ain't going to happen here. Not at all. Ain't going to happen here. I'm confident what God will do. I mean, you may have troubles in finances, troubles in the workplace. Troubles in homes. Trouble, trouble, trouble. But this is not a time for us to back up. It's not a time for us to shut up. Or even let up. Y'all ain't going to do that, right? Tonight we're going to begin a new series. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know it's time. We have a word and direction from the heavens. And we're planning to camp out here until it just seems right and complete by the Holy Ghost. We won't move on from it until he's done with it. Our new series is entitled, Go on the Offense. Go on the Offense. And the title to tonight's message is Full Throttle. Oh yeah, Mm. you heard it. Come on, say it with us. Say Full Throttle. Full Throttle. Let's all turn to James chapter 4. The book of James chapter 4. When you get to verse 13, give me a good full throttle when you're there. Come on now. Now listen. Now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and uh, make a little money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist. Hmm. A vapor. A vapor. A vapor. A vapor. Okay. That appears for a little while and then vanishes. Church, can somebody agree the fact that life is a vapor? Oh, yeah. Rob is liking this way too much. Oh, yeah. Don't get in the way of the camera there, Keith. Don't be messing. I smell sour gummies in the church right now. Don't be messing this up. (laughs) Y'all are out of control. Stop all of it. The truth is, is life is a vapor. Yeah. See, we go on and we focus on our plans. We focus on our agendas. We focus on our needs. Why? Why? Today or tomorrow, we're going to go do this. We're going to go there. We're gonna, we need to do this. And the next year, we need to make this money. Why? You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. We don't predict the weather very well. You're going to predict what's going to happen to you in six months? Could anybody have predicted what happened recently with our pandemic of fear that hit our entire globe? Nobody can predict those things. Why? You don't even know what will happen. What is your life? See, church, we just want to start out tonight encouraging you in this. You only have a little time to invest 
in fulfilling God's word. There's just a little bit of a fraction of a time before that vapor, before that mist is gone. It's there in one minute and you can't quite tell when it's gone, but then you just notice that it's no longer there. Church, that means it is time tonight for us to go full throttle. Somebody say full throttle. throttle. Turn with us to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to pull this up in the NASB on our screens here. That's for you, Rick Lawhon, little NASB action. Exodus 14, starting verse 13. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. Forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Okay? Seems, seems like pretty good advice, right? I mean, we, it starts out with do not fear. That's always good advice. It says, you know, stand by, see the salvation of the Lord. It's going to come through. He will accomplish for you today. Destruction of the Egyptians. Okay, got it. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. In fact, what we're at is somewhere between the army of Egypt behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. Well, Moses is sharing with them the exact same advice of what he experienced in all the plagues. Right? Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. However, that sounds great, but it's a bit incomplete. So, like what we've been talking about For quite some time, we want to exalt God's word above just good advice. Now, Moses is operating just based on what he's experienced. But sometimes we experience God's word that takes us further. So let's look further in verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel... To go forward. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask Pastor to read that again. I'm going to ask him to read it again because we got phones going off with alarms. We got some Amber Alert going on. Hey, I can let you know that's just the enemy trying to distract you, trying to keep you from what we need tonight. Yeah. We're going to trust that God will take care of whatever's going on out there because he's speaking to us in here. Amen? Pastor, would you do us the honors of reading that oh, again look, for Oh, look, ain't no Amber Alert going to hold back the word of God. Not even a silver alert is going to hold back the word of God. We're going to give the heavenly realms a gold alert. That means something divine is coming down to earth. That's what's happening. Are you all ready for this? Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. You know, that's interesting that you say that. When we studied the etymology the depth and definition of this word. It meant full throttle. (laughs) To go forward is to be at full throttle. Because it's not a time to stand by and just see what God will do. It's time to speak up. It's time to tell the sons of Israel to go forward, to go full throttle. I want you to pay close attention to this next point. We cannot waste time waiting to do the will of God When he's already given us his word and the way to walk in it. When he's already spoken to you and given you the direction, you got to get up and go full throttle. Are you all going to go full throttle with us tonight? Church, do you understand what's happening here? You've got an army behind you. You've got the Red Sea in front of you. And what is God's comment? Why are you whining? Hmm. I'm sorry, that was, that was not the Aspie translation, excuse me. That was the Wade Sutherland translation. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I've already told you what I want you to do. Why are you letting the circumstances that are chasing you, why are you letting the things that you are seeing before you stop you from doing what I already told you to do? Yeah. Man, what about those Israelites? No, what about us here today? What has God told you to do? 
I can feel His presence right now that we're talking. I know we're just a few minutes in. I know we're just a few verses in. But are you getting what we're, what we're saying to you tonight? Why are you whining about the circumstances that you're in? As if the Lord doesn't know about it. As if He didn't know where you would be today when He told you yesterday what you need to do. My goodness. It's one thing to say, yeah, pastor, full throttle. And then have your heart be influenced by every circumstance around you. Be dominated by discouragement. Be dominated by fear. Start allowing the enemy to plant these, these seeds of dissension and division between you and your brothers and sisters in this room. Mm. Come on now, we're not here to just preach to make ourselves feel better. We are here to hear from heaven and have our hearts impacted by the written, the living, the active Word of God in this room. Come on now, when we're talking about what it's like to be full throttle, that's more than just understanding it. That is engaging in what God has for us. Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 2. If you're not with us on Monday nights, you are missing out. A serious study into the book of Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 10. What does it look like? Man, we're going to look at men. We're going to look at people in the Bible tonight that's going to show us what an actual life that's going full throttle looks like. Man, we don't want to just say full throttle and not be living full throttle. First Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 10. Say full throttle when you're there. Full Ram was the father of Amenadab. And Amenadab, the father of Nashan. Somebody say Nashan. Nashan. The leader of the people or the sons of Judah. Come on, we got a man named Nashan. He is a leader of the people. See, what's happening is you got the army behind you in Exodus 14. You got the Red Sea in front of you and you got God saying, quit your whining. I need you to go forward and do what I said for you to do. Wow, it's almost like God is completely unmoved by your circumstances. Almost like he knew before he told you what he wanted you to do, exactly what he wanted you to do. Yeah. And everything else is just an opportunity for you to demonstrate faith. See, Nashan is an interesting character. You don't see his name in Exodus 14. But the Jewish writings have something very interesting to say about Nishan. I have a slide for you. This is from Sotah 37a. Rabbi Yehuda said to Rabbi Amir, that is not how the incident took place. And by the way, this is the comments on Exodus 14 that we just read. Rather, this tribe said, I'm not going into the sea first. <laughs> and then that tribe said, I'm not going into the sea first. They're saying that it took a while for the, for the winds to start moving. God said, go forward. And they're like, yeah, but there's still water there. Yeah, full throttle. Yeah, I'm not going first. I'll go full throttle right behind you. I, I'm not, this tribe, uh-uh, they, there's water there. Come on, man. That doesn't make any sense. That's not using wisdom. It's not safe. Then, in jumped the prince of Judah, Nashan ben Amenadab, son of Amenadab, and descended into the sea first, accompanied by his entire tribe. Oh, yeah! Man, you want to talk about somebody who understands full throttle, it's this man named Nashan. He's saying, there's still water there. You know what? God said, do it. I'm doing it. I heard the word of the Lord. He didn't make up his own direction. He heard something from the heavens. The written word of God was made alive to him. And he said, I'm going. Yep. And he was such a prince. Somebody say prince. Prince. He was a prince of Judah. And you know what happened? His family followed him. Then you know what happened? The entire tribe followed him. The story goes on to say that as they walked out, he continued to walk out leading like the tip of a spear, leading, leading, going forward. The water was at his ankles. It was at his knees. It was at his waist. It was at his neck. It was over his mouth, up to his nose. And then the waters began to move. Mm. Come on now, church. Talk about full throttle. This man didn't even wait for the waters to part. What waters are you waiting to part today before you go and do what God told you to do? Mm. See, we have this Cecil B. DeMille Picture of the entirety of the water moving back and standing in there. And then people going, oh, this is kind of fancy. I'll just now take a step. Is that the way that it happened in Joshua when the priests were carrying it across the river? No. 
It was at flood stage and they had to step in when it was already wet, when it was all, the water was still there. Come on, where do you need to step tonight, church? Where do you need to step forward and allow God to say, he's already told you. Maybe you're waiting on it and it's waiting on you. That's a good word. Come on now. Full throttle action is based on the clear word of God. Don't turn there with me. I'm going to put this up on the screen. Psalm 114. Listen to this. When Israel came out of Egypt, man, we're talking about Exodus again. The house of Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary. Israel, his dominion. Look at the next phrase. The sea looked and fled. (laughs) Are you telling me? Are you trying to tell me that men and women who live full throttle, the ocean, the sea looks at them and is like, yeah, I can't handle them. I'm going to go ahead and get out of Nashon's way because that man has got a word from the heavens and he's moving forward. Church, what has God told you that you need to move forward in tonight, that you need to go full throttle on? See, the man of God with the word of God living in a full throttle attitude, a full throttle faith causes even nature to turn around and move out of his way. Church, this wasn't even a one-time endeavor for Nashon. No. He didn't just do this one time. He was full. He had a full throttle faith, and he lived that way. Pastor, tell us about another example. I'll probably turn to Numbers chapter 7. Say full throttle whenever you're there. Number 7, verse 10. When the altar was anointed, the leaders brought their offerings for its dedication and presented them before the altar. For the Lord had said to Moses, each day, one leader is to bring his offering for the dedication of this altar. The one who brought his offering on the first day was Nashon, son of Aminadab of the tribe of Judah. First day. Uh, It didn't stop at the Red Sea. It continued on, that, that attitude of a full-throttle kind of faith. See, what he demonstrated at the base of the Red Sea is that he stood there and he stepped into impossibilities. He faced waters of impossibilities. And his full-throttle faith didn't back up. It didn't relent. It didn't turn away because the waters didn't immediately begin to move. He began to move because he trusted exactly what God had already said to him. What impossibilities are you hesitating on the banks of? Where do you need to just accelerate that full throttle faith that says, I don't care what the circumstances tell me. I'm going to step again and again and again because I know the God in whom I serve. See, even here, when they're dedicating the altar, the altar of the tabernacle. He is first to step out. Just like that first to step out into the waters of impossibility. And what he had was the confidence. Say confidence. Confidence. He had the confidence that continued to be committed to the word of God. More than his feelings were committed to the circumstances. And that confidence that demonstrated a commitment that continued, it fueled his full-throttle attitude. That one that was burning to be the first to sacrifice for his entire tribe. He said, I'm going to step out first. I want to be able to demonstrate what it means to lay down my life, to step close to the things of God, to lay my life on this altar, and lead the way for my whole tribe again to replicate exactly what I'm stepping into. Church, let's turn to Joshua chapter 3 to see how this continues on. By the way, while you're turning to Joshua chapter 3, Abimbola, uh, can you say the name of your daughter again for everybody? Elisheva. Elisheva. Elisheva is the sister of Nashan. Good name. I think I just named your son. All right, Joshua chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> Nashan Daramola. I got it, baby. Oh, that rolls, man. I got it. Nashan Javon Daramola. 
Joshua chapter 3. Let's look at verse 2. It says this, at the end of three days, somebody say three days. Three days. The officers went through the midst of the camp. They didn't call from somewhere else. They went right through the heart of the camp. And they commanded the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yeah! Go after it. See, at the end of three days. See, as they're getting and they're transitioning here in Joshua's day. See, we saw it in Nishan. We saw it in the tribe of Judah that followed Nishan. Now the people of Israel as a whole are being led by Joshua. See, when you see the Word of God, See, when you understand what God has actually said, when you've elevated the Word of God in your life and you can see it clearly, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, come on now, you got to run through the camp and tell everybody, it's time to get ready. Get ready. When you see the men of God who are carrying this, they've seen it and they're a part of it. They've grabbed hold of it and they're moving with it. You know what you're supposed to do in response? Then you got to set out from your place. Amen. you got to get up from where you are and you got to go after it. Amen. you got to be able to go full throttle, going after what the Lord has for you. See, this is, this is a problem for us. We can go after it for a little while. We like going after it for a season. But this attitude of a lifestyle that just says, Rick, you got to keep going after it. I don't know what your day was like. I don't know what your week was like. But I'm telling you, you got to keep going after it. Why? Because the Word of the Lord, when you can see it, We're not asking you to move before you see the Word of the Lord. We're not asking you to move before you hear the Word of the Lord. But let's be honest. We got the Word of the Lord in this church. We've been elevating it. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. you got to set out from your place, from your place of comfort, from your place of camping, and you got to go after it tonight. you got to stay in a full throttle mentality. You can't let the throttle off. What does it mean to be full throttle? It means you put the pedal to the metal. You go all the way down. You start it all the way you got. You don't hold anything back. By the way, this is not driving instruction for all you young guys. Oh, that's a good word. That's I, a really good I word. I just looked over and they were like, yes, full throttle. Officer, pastor said I could just go full throttle. That's perfectly fine. Do not take my words and twist them, lest you be the devil. Okay. Hey. But we do have to go full throttle. There is a mentality that this church has. But it's not just this church. It's because the Word of God instructs us to do so. It's because real men and women of God for all time, all over the world, for every generation, from every nation. You know how you go after the Lord? you got to go full throttle. When He tells you to do something, you go after it. And you go after it. You don't care if there's a sea in front of you. You don't care if there are obstacles in front of you. You just keep moving and you expect them, you expect the sea to move out of your way. Amen. You expect the army to move out of your way. You expect the difficulties to move out of your way. Why? Because you saw the word of the Lord. And you saw the men who were telling you about the word of the Lord. And you can have confidence that you go full throttle and things will happen around you. Amen. You know what, church? Last Sunday, we just celebrated a baby dedication. And it's the second one that we had within 12 months. Within six months. And I think collectively together, it is 22 babies between the two. We went through a season and a time where there was miscarriage after miscarriage. But you know what we did to get to the point where we had Two baby dedications within six months and 22 babies. We went full throttle. Husbands and wives, you went full throttle. And it produced life. It produced life for us to be able to celebrate and stand on tangible facts of what God said he would do. Nothing's changed. We're still going to go full throttle. Judges chapter six, say full throttle when you're there. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press hmm, to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. We're all very familiar with this, right? But you realize 
Wheat being threshed in a wine press, hiding it from Midianites. An angel comes and pulls up a folding chair, sits next to him, and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. See, at the beginning of Gideon's call, it was the call to go full throttle. And that God right here is affirming through this angel's words that he is with Gideon to help him go full throttle. Or don't we serve the God who calls the things that are not as though they are? And then we, when he visits us in the midst of our fear, our lack of going full throttle, he affirms that he is with us and he calls us to what we are going to be. And then when we, when we begin to trust his word and what he says about us and that he's with us, it actually provides the confidence and assurance to go full throttle and be what we're called to be. Let's see how this, this plays out. Verse 13. But sir, Gideon replied, hmm, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? I just want to point out here, your fear locks up your ability to go full throttle. See, it puts up a roadblock of false realities. This is what's really being stated here. God's really not with me. Because if he was with me, then all of these difficult situations wouldn't have transpired. Isn't that usually what is touted among just the lost? How can God let all of these bad things happen to good people? But when we stand as the people of God and begin to walk in a faith that is full throttle, we begin to see that God's been with us the whole time. In fact, he sent an angel that opened up a folding chair to tell us the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So let's be honest. This is not just the people out there that have said this before. Am I telling you the truth? What's, if the Lord is with us, if the Lord is with us here, if the Lord is with me, then why has this happened? Anybody thought that today? Yeah. Why is this difficult thing happening? Yeah, see, you can't let that pull you away from being full throttle in what God has for you. It's a, it's a distraction and a detraction from what God is already calling you to be. Well, watch how this plays out. He doesn't just stop with this one phrase. He, said, he goes on to say, where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Going back to history, see... What fear also does is it, it removes the ability to look in the rearview mirror and remember correctly what God has already done. It obscures your vision of God's demonstrated character. And it's looking to attack your trust in what He will do today. Because your fear has got, uh, formed a myopic view, a false evidence appearing real. You know, the uh, an acronym for, for fear. And that all you can see is the trouble that you're sitting in. And you cannot see the victory that God is already trying to achieve, but starting within you. He goes on to say, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us to the hand of Midian. See, your full throttle faith has to, or when fears at present, your full throttle faith has been redirected to read the sinful sign that says God is not with me. Did you hear that? Did not, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us to the hand of Midian. Wow. But even in this state, this fearful and faithless state, God had an answer for him. Verse 14. The Lord turned to him. What did that look like, man? I mean, you already have an angel sitting right next to you. You, you offer a rebuttal full of faithlessness, and then the Lord just turns to you. I bet you that angels lean right in. <laughs> Pulled in real close. Let me tell you something, son. He said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? See, so you go full, thr full throttle when you see what you have and you offer it fully to the Lord. And it's because he is telling you to go. He's sending you. So guess what? 
If he's telling you to go, then he will be the one to accomplish the impossible through you. It's not about your strength. It's about you surrendering all your strength with a full throttle attitude that's demonstrated with action as well. Come on, full throttle means that when he says go, he can tell you to go in the strength you have. Pastor, I'd go do that. I just don't know that I can accomplish it. Go. Somebody say go. Go. Does it matter? No, he told you to go. So you know what you need to do? You need to go. You need to go in the strength that you have. What if it's not enough? He's sending you. Whether you have the strength or not, it doesn't matter. He's sending you. He will accomplish it. you got to go full throttle. You can't wait for it to work out in your benefit and then decide to go. That is not full throttle. Let's all turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 46. Come on, we are going to get this tonight. We're going to get some men and women in this room who are like Nashon, who are going to jump out in the water and say, yeah, I know what it looks like. I know what it is. I'm not saying that it's not exactly what it is. I am looking at it and acknowledging the details, and I'm still jumping in. Yeah. That's full throttle. That's exactly what we got. You know, now that I think about it, somebody like Nashon, I bet you Peter, when he jumped out of the boat at Jesus' call, was acting, I bet you he was thinking about Nashon. You're calling me? I'm not even going to wait to take off my jacket. I'm just jumping in. I'm, I'm going to go exactly. Why? Because that is the full throttle mentality throughout the word. Look in John 4. Once more he visited. This is verse 46. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee. This is Jesus visiting here. Where he had turned the water into wine. The first recorded miracle. It's reminding you that he's now back in the same place. And there was a certain royal official. Somebody say Royal official. Royal official. Whose son lay sick at Capernaum, at the town of Nahum, the prophet. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Hey, church, let's not read these scriptures tonight and, do, and divorce ourselves from being, having the illusion of the first time. Anybody ever had a sick kid? Remember that feeling of what you would do to just try to make them? I look back at the Ruedas and I remember some of the breathing issues that they've had with their oldest. What would you do, Carlos, to get Valentina to start breathing better when she's having difficulty? What, what would you do when your child is sick? When an innocent child is sick? See, this man, he traveled a great distance and he said, I hear that you're here. Please, I'm begging you. Come and heal my son. He's almost dead. you got to come now. Are you with me in this desperation? Look at verse 40, 48. Listen to the response of Jesus. Unless you people. Now, I don't know where you come from. But where I come from, you people is never followed by something good. You people. That's kind of like dads when you get home from work and your wife is like, your son just did this. Oh, that's not good. No matter, I know that after that it was not like, you know, ace the test, did it, you know, clean the house all by himself. I know that whatever's coming next is not a good thing. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, Come down before my child dies. We don't know the inflection of the man's voice here. We don't know the tone with which he said this. But can you put yourself here for a second? That may all be true. Yes, sir. Probably so. Me and my people, we are very much like that. And yet I'm standing here asking for you to come and help my son. Jesus replied, you may go. If you stop right there in this, what are you thinking? He's not going to help me. Yeah. He doesn't want to. I don't know what's going to happen to my son, but he didn't stop there. You may go. Your son will live. 
one of my favorite phrases in the Bible in this moment. The man took Jesus at his word. Amen. <laughs> See, it's one thing to make full throttle be this exciting thing, but what if full throttle is you holding a sick son? What if being full throttle is something that is, that is piercing your soul? Can you be full throttle then? Can you take Jesus at his word when he says, you can go because your son is going to live? When Jesus says a word to you. See, this man started off as a royal official. Here, after Jesus replies, your son may live. Do you know what's, did you notice what the scripture does? It drops his title. It's no longer the royal official. Who is it? Man. <laughs> do your titles matter when the Lord has told you something? No. Do, do your positions in this world Make a hill of beans when Jesus says something to you. The man. The man responded and said, I will take you at your word. And he didn't just say that. What did he then do? He departed. The same man who was des with desperation in his voice and tears in his eyes said, you know what? He said it. I will now take you at your word and move forward, full throttle, jumping in the water, as far as he was concerned, nothing in the natural had changed. But Jesus spoke to him and he said, that changes everything for me. Yeah. That's all that I need. Thank you, sir. I'm getting up now because I'm just a man. See, I walked in here as a royal official, hoping that by my position you might do something. But I realized that played nothing with you. You cared that I was going to be a man who responded to your word. Verse 51. While he was still on the way. Almost like he was still walking out in the water. His servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better. They said to him, the fever left him, left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Oh, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Then the father realized he went from a royal official to a man and then he went from a man to standing in his role as a father come on the father realized that this was the exact time somebody say exact time exact time at which jesus had said to him your son will live what titles do we need to get out of, our, out of our thoughts tonight? Lord, we're just men. We're just women. We're standing before you asking that your word comes in and changes something that needs to be changed. And as we do that, because we are walking in accordance with your word, it allows us to father well. The exact time your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. See, this man's faith impacted his entire family. The exact time. Can you remember some of the exact times that God has spoken to you? I'm praying right now for you in my own heart that God will remind you of some exact times that he spoke. Some exact words that he gave you. Some exact phrases that he gave to you. And I'm asking the Lord to remind you of those exact times. So when you go back and you can see that it was done, you'll go, I know exactly when he spoke that. I remembered exactly the Lord quickened it to me. I remembered when he prophesied. I remembered when this person came up and told me this because once I was a royal official caring about my position, but I'm just a man and I'm just a father who needs to go full throttle obeying your word. Church, what in your life is the Lord doing to deepen your level of trust in Him? Through difficulties. What difficulties are occurring in your life right now that are bringing you through a process of being humbled? A title. Something you've been clinging and holding on to that's been giving you value and worth. But the process of humbling through difficulties... God's bringing you back to a place of just being who he made you to be. The stripping of that title led to being just a man. A simple man before God. A simple woman before God.
in that place of humility, then he can reinstate the function and the purpose for which you were called of being that father. See, a man, a man that has a full throttle faith, he's able to rightly father his entire household after that point. Men, when you begin to rise up, you let go of any pursuits of self-value other than what the Word of God already prescribes for you. God will give you the ability to know exactly how to handle what He's entrusted in your care. But it requires a full throttle faith on your part. You have to believe it. You have to step forward. You cannot let circumstances hinder your next step. Whatever that impossibility is, you keep going forward with a full throttle faith. God's going to do this. See, a full throttle faith is one that overcomes and thereby receives a promise reward. Let's look at the slide, the next slide, of what these promises look like in the book of Revelation. These are the seven promises to the seven churches. And to each one it is stated, to him who overcomes, or to him who has full throttle faith, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. They will not be hurt at all by the second death. They'll be given hidden manna and a white stone with a new name. They'll have authority over nations. They'll be dressed in white and have a name that's never blotted out from the book of life. They will be a pillar in the temple of my God. And they will have the right to sit on his throne. See, each of these churches, these seven churches, had commendations. They had concerns. And many showed deep convictions and even a demonstration of deeds. Every single one of them. However, do you see that the promises for overcoming are based on living a full throttle kind of life? So we're getting you, heads of households, to elevate God's word so that you can live a full throttle life. We're getting you single young men to elevate the word so you can live a full throttle life. And we're saying for you wives and also for your single ladies elevate the word so that you can receive a full throttle life and the promises and rewards that come from it see a full throttle life is about your deeds somebody say deeds it's about what you're doing each of the seven churches five out of the seven churches specifically say i know your deeds five out of the seven you know what the other two talk about the suffering that the the churches are about to endure he doesn't have to say, I know your deeds. He's telling them what their deeds are about to be. All seven, Jesus, the Messiah, talks to each of the seven churches about their deeds. Let's turn to James 2 in verse 18. A pivotal foundational verse for our church. You see it on one of the, one of our mottos there in the back. James chapter 2 and verse 18 says this. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds. I will show you my faith by what I do. I'm going to show you exactly. See, don't talk to me about being full throttle if your actions aren't full throttle. Don't talk to us about it. We don't want to see, we don't want to hear you talking. We want to see you walking. We want to see your actions in this area that show exactly what it was. When Jesus spoke to the seven churches, he was speaking to them about their deeds, about what they had done. Can I just encourage you tonight? When you're at war, put yourself in a war setting right now for just a minute. If you're actually in a war, I don't need to remind you as a soldier to make sure that you grab your gun. I don't need to remind you when you were at war to grab your weapon. See, I don't need to do that. I don't even need to waste time. You know why? Because you know it. Because your life depends on it. When you're at war, I don't need to remind you about your brothers, about the battalion around you, because you know that you need them. I don't don't have to remind you about going back to the battle plan and make sure you're following it to the T. Why? Because your life depends on it. Church, let's make the transition to us here in this room. See, if we really, really, really remember that we're at war, I don't need to remind you about your word. 
I don't need to remind you about upholding your word because you know that your life depends on it. See, when you're at war, you know your life depends on it. When you're at war, you have to uncage the lion of God's word so that it will begin to be active, so that it will begin to be powerful, so that it begin to rout the foreign armies that you need. Let's look at this slide. I want to remind you of a Spurgeon quote. Speaking of a vape or vapor or mist. Listen to what Spurgeon says here. See you that lion. They have caged him for his preservation. Shut him up behind iron bars to secure him from his foes. See how a band of armed men have gathered together to protect that lion. What a clatter they make with their swords and their spears. These mighty men are intent on defending a lion. <laughs> oh, fools. And slow of heart. Open that door. Amen. Let the Lord of the forest come free. Who will dare to encounter him? What does he want with your guardian care? Like, let the pure gospel. Somebody say the written word. What kind of lion are we talking about? We're talking about the written word. Let the pure gospel go forth in all of its lion-like majesty. And it will soon clear its own way and ease itself of its adversaries. Come on, think about a lion for a second. Up to 500 or 550 pounds. That can run 50 miles an hour. When he roars... Five miles away, animals begin to quake. See you, that lion. Why do you need to try to help it along? You don't. Just let it open and let it go. It will take care of its own enemies. What a ridiculous notion to try to protect a lion. Hang on, let me help you out there. Hang on, Jesus, let me help out the word just a little bit. I know you didn't consider my personal circumstances. Surely you needed my help. Let the Lord of the forest come free, church. We most often consider this quote from Charles Spurgeon as releasing the lion-like majesty of God's word upon all of our external adversaries. And what a powerful, powerful force that is. Can you imagine a lion, a 500-pound animal, come running at you? The only thing scarier than a lion is a lion that's going full throttle. <laughs> I just started quaking on the inside just a little bit, thinking about a giant lion running at me at 50 miles an hour. What hope do you have? I'm just going to lay down on the ground and pray that it be done quickly. I am a vapor. I am just a vapor. But what Pastor Matt and I want you to focus on tonight about going full throttle is this. We want the lion-like majesty of God's word to be full throttle inside of you. Amen. See, it's one thing to release him and think about all, that, all those things out there. What about him be really, really uncaged in your own heart? Uncaged in your own soul? So that as you are encountering things, the word of God is changing you. It's, it's, it's mauling the sin. It's getting rid of those things inside of you. And then you are able to run with such ferocity. You're able to run with such tenacity. Yeah. Just like the lion. Just seeing his prey. Unhindered by anything or anyone. Other animals getting out of the way. Bigger. Maybe even stronger. But they are not as superior as this lion is. Yeah. Think about Hebrews 4. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Can you judge between the thoughts and your attitudes? The lion of God's word can. Yeah. That's why you've yeah. got to let it free inside of you. Uncage it so that you have a full throttle living. Man, what does that look like in our life? It makes you look just like Nishan. Yeah. 
who just jumps out. He was the first to jump in. Think about a lion. Is a lion waiting on somebody else to need to attack to help him out? Man, he'll go out there first. What about Joshua? When you've seen what the Word of God says, you set out and you go after it. What about Gideon? You go in the strength that you have. Why? Because you have the lion-like majesty of His Word in effect in your heart and in your life. You're like the royal official, the man, the Father, who took Jesus at His Word and brought healing to His dying Son. You're just like the churches in Revelation that you are able to overcome because you are going full throttle with a lion-like tenacity on the inside of you because the lion of God's Word is alive on the inside of you. Man, we got to go full throttle. Somebody say full throttle. Y'all alive tonight? Oh, you notice that what pastor is leading us in is an understanding that lions are not reactive. They are active. Like Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and it is active. It's always full throttle. It's after what it wants. Matthew chapter 5. Let's turn there. Verse 23. Say full throttle whenever you're there. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, we read about that earlier, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Make sure we get this straight. Remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. So there's something very, very beautiful in this passage. And I want to pashatly put it out there for us to understand. Y'all like plain speech, right? No sugarcoating going on here. Here we go. When you are at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, you have to get up and go full throttle to reconcile that relationship. No time is to be wasted waiting to do what God's word has already told you to do. There's an action that is required for you to respond with. See, it doesn't matter if you're at the bronze altar of repentance or the altar of incense at the entrance to the Holy of Holies. This command from the lion of God's word demands that we go full throttle to reconcile with our relationship. Our relationship with God's word. So you see that in this case, when you get up and you leave your gift there at the altar to go and be reconciled to someone who has something against you, you're actually reconciling your relationship and their relationship with God's word. And because it's a reconciliation with his word, it results in a reconciliation between each other. There are questions, though, that go through our minds at the altar, though. Questions like, I just can't seem to enter into God's presence. No, I see everyone worshiping. They got their hands up. Their faces are radiant. I can see that they're engaging and have a relationship with the living God. But I just can't experience what everyone else in worship is experiencing. You know what, Pastor? Even when I go down to the altar to, to repent... Nothing comes to mind. I know it happens. I know it happens within you. Because we talk about it. That you come down to the altar and you're wanting to repent, but nothing is coming to mind. And there's a reason why. He's already told you what you need to repent of. But you're dragging your feet from actually doing it because you locked it away in some compartmentalization that is not full throttle going after what His Word has already told you to do. Maybe even that, that one statement that I know we all have. You know, when I pray, I just can't hear God's voice. I said it. And as I begin to cry out to God, Lord, why is it that you won't speak to me? Da, 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 da. And finally, it's like a good father who has enough. He's like, shush! I've already told you. What you needed to hear. You're just reluctant to go full throttle and to put it into practice. But Lord, I don't want to go repent to that person. 
I don't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to have to admit because all these justifications are why I'm right in this argument. Husbands, wives, shalom and home. What does this look like? I don't want to read her Abigail traits to her. She doesn't deserve it. Ouch, pastor. I just opened up that can of worms for everybody. But you know what I'm saying is true. You want to hear God's voice? You want to feel His presence? You want the heavens to open up and show you what you need to really repent of? Start with what He's already showed you. And just a hint, it's on a 3 by 5 index card that says Nabal. You guys have met with us before. You know that's where we start. Pastor, no, but I want to tell you everything that my children have done wrong. I want to tell you everything that my wife has done wrong. What people at my work has done wrong. Okay. Show me your Nabal card. Actually, show it to yourself. Let's start there. Read it. Listen for the voice of the Lord to show you plainly what he's already told you. Because it's his word that actually put those characteristics on the card. Put that to death. And guess what? The heavens open up. See, it's when you unleash the line of God's word in you, then it will cause lion-like behavior to begin to come out of you. Unleashing the line of God's word is to go full throttle. It's designed to wreak some havoc on your sinful nature. The line of God's word is designed to pounce upon your pride, to decimate divisions among you, to ferociously devour your fear. It's designed to rip apart your rebellion. It's designed to maul your manic state. It's designed to mangle your mediocrity. Come on. Oh, and we're just getting started. Come on, we have to let the king of the forest loose within us tonight. It's, it's that you're not unleashing the line of God's word in you when you're not experiencing the byproducts. Of it coming out of you. It's time to unleash. It's time to go full throttle. Oh, I want us all to be like Nashon. Be like that man who will unleash the light of God's word within us. And be ready to be the first to jump onto the altar of self-sacrifice. Church, will you let the line of God's word go full throttle in you? So that you can be a lion as well. Overcoming every area of your sinful nature and ready to receive his promises. We have to unleash the lion of God's word within our hearts and minds tonight. Amen. This is what he's called us to be. Amen. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. Come on, say full throttle when you get there. It says this, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky, fled from his presence. And there was no place for them. No place for whom? The earth and the sky. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. See, as the entire story of the Bible is concluding here near the end of Revelation. The great white throne with the lion of the tribe of Judah seated on that throne where earth and sky are fleeing from him. When he roars, the entirety of creation is getting peeled back. The dead were judged, not according to what they believed, not according to what they said, or getting graded on some type of cosmic curve. You didn't know my plight in life though, did you, Lord? My difficulties, my barriers. See, there was this, this Red Sea thing that got in front of me. They, like we will be, will be judged according to what they had done. See, you're judged by what you do. You're judged by if you go full throttle on what God has said for you. Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. Get rid of that I can't mentality. Get rid of this is too difficult. I can't go forward. Stop thinking that. Why? Because you are in direct opposition to the word of God. What did God tell Moses? Why are you crying out to me? Go forward. Put the pedal to the metal. Go forward in full throttle. Let the lion that I put within you free so that it will do what it's supposed to do. You have to walk forward. I don't have enough. I can't do it. 
It's just too hard. Stop it. The answer for you tonight is to go full throttle. You don't need to protect the lion. You need to let the lion loose inside of you to do what it's supposed to do. Let the lion loose in your life tonight. Let him wreak havoc on your weaknesses so that you go forward in strength. In the lion-like way as you trust the Lord of the Word to burst forth in you tonight. Come on, let's turn to James chapter 4 for our final scripture this evening. Say full throttle whenever you're there. We read this earlier. We want to read it to you again. James 4.13. Now listen. You say today or tomorrow. We will go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist. You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Here's what we want you to contemplate. As stated here in James, your life, my life, it's a vapor. It's only here for a little while, and then it's gone. Today. Today was your last day to exist on earth. The last day to act upon God's will and call for your life. Where would you start? Where would you start to live full throttle? How would that unleashing of the lion of God's word come out of you? Would it start out there? Meaning, do you imagine preaching to thousands, if not millions, and seeing them saved? Do you imagine going into a leper colony and healing them all? Where does it start? That your breaths are now numbered within hours. What would you do? Your life's about to vanish, just as a vapor does. I can tell you, it starts where God originated it to start. It's in your home. It's in your home. Ministry flows from your home. See, if you had in mind, if I only had hours left, counted numbers of breaths left within me, how would I expend them to go full throttle? If it's anywhere outside the origin of your home as a starting point, you're missing it. Because you know what? My wife, my children, this church deserves to hear your Abigail trait spoken by me. My wife needs me to speak her Abigail traits over her because God designed me to go full throttle starting with my own home. I go full throttle by allowing the unleashing of God's word to unleash the lion inside of me. And that in turn allows me to be the kind of husband, the kind of father, the kind of pastor, the kind of co-worker, the kind of man of God that I am called to be. You want change in your household? You want shalom to grow with your spouse? You want your kids to grow with the fear of the Lord and be obedient? Let the lion, let the lion out inside of you. Let the word of God pierce your own heart. Let resurrection and change occur within you. And so that the lion can come out of you. And begin to lead your family into that same process of change. The same process of the lion coming out of them. Husbands, go full throttle in impressing the word upon your family, upon your children. Wives, go full throttle in becoming one with your husband's vision and using the word of God to guard and direct every emotion and thought that you have. It's an imperative for us to begin in the home and then work our way outward. That we never leave the priority of going full throttle from our home base. Stand with me.
As your pastors, we want the promises of God to be fulfilled in every life in this room. But I'm going to say this. Those who do receive the reward of the promises of God fulfilled are those who go full throttle for the entirety of their lifetime. What is hindering you now? Come on, let's begin with the individual heart. What's hindering you now from going full throttle? Bring it to this altar and crucify it. Put it to death. What's hindering shalom in your home? Husbands and wives, be reconciled. Crucify what is hindering it. Your thought life, particularly singles. What is impeding going full throttle in the holiness of your thought life? Let's put it to death so that we can unleash the lion of God's word in us and be the lions that he's called us to be. Mighty God, we submit to you right now our hearts and minds. Lord, we ask that your word would fully come into us. Lord, we would unleash your word upon our own thoughts, our own emotions our own actions. If you already told us what to do, help us. Help us, mighty God. Receive the full unleashing of your word in us. Resurrect our hearts and our minds to fully reflect the lion of who you are. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. We thank you for your promise and your spirit. And we thank you for being a good father to us and helping us achieve the call that you have desired for us. Amen.